Hi, I'm Jess Porter. Welcome to The List. I'm talking today with my friend Ronnie Butler Jr., who is an audiobook narrator, lives in Los Angeles, has voiced over 150 books at this point. Hi, Ronnie. How are you? Hi. I am, you know, I'm, as I think, as well as I can be in the middle of everything that's going on. So, you know, I'm I'm happy and I'm anxious at the same time, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is March 31st. And yeah. we have been in in Los Angeles, restaurants, et cetera, have been closed now for two weeks as of Monday. Today's Tuesday. Uh, it was two weeks. And then the real sort of please don't go outside order came, it will be two weeks on Friday. Um, wow. Yeah, and it seems like, you know, the mood has really shifted. I was saying to someone the other day, I feel like we were all in shock for a while. And now this sort of new normal is setting in. And what a weird, you know, there's the staying at home normal, which is one thing. And then there's the looking at the news and seeing this awful, awful disease taking people and overrunning, especially New York City at this point. So the mood has changed. Have you, what have you noticed in yourself? Well, I, when you said that like we, this Friday would make two weeks, it seems like so long. I feel like we've been under this for so long already that it doesn't like, it, it, I can't believe we haven't, this hasn't been four weeks, you know, cause that's what it feels like. And like you said, I, I feel this, well, uh, shock, but now, um, you know, fear. Yeah. You know, like I feel like living in, living in, living in my home and thinking every time I venture forth, I'm taking a huge risk. So yeah, things have, since the first couple of podcasts that I recorded, the, 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 the whole tone of the world it's and I'm sure this podcast, very much so, very much so. And I think everyone agrees that, you know, the worst is yet to come. Um, I want to tie that into, uh, you know, the 80s and the AIDS epidemic moving into the 90s before they found drugs that worked on it. Now, where were you at in the 80s vis-a-vis AIDS? So I came out right around the time or the same year AIDS was on the cover of like Newsweek or Time. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was um, uh, about 1985, right? Right in the middle of the 80s. That was when things you know, the government first started being aware that they had to do something because the activism had finally reached the mainstream media. And so I I came out right when, you know, the, the idea of being sexual, you know, being interacting with another human being was potentially deadly. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, it was a lot. It, it was very similar to... Um, it was very similar to what I think some people are experiencing now. Like you can't touch anybody. You can't breathe near anybody, you know, because for a long time, um, you know, people didn't know how HIV was transmitted. Right. right. People, people didn't know if it, if you could get it by touching, could you get it by kissing? They, they didn't know for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so it was, 
it was literally, you know, terrifying and scary. And so I, I have that. I, I filter. I'm filtering that experience through this. So I'm having some, you know, flashback stuff. Um, and I'm sure that affects the anxiety that I'm having now because I had that anxiety before and I know what it felt like. And it was also, and it was also peaking then. There was, so, the, I mean, we're talking then like maybe a 10-year a curve, right, mm-hmm. as opposed to a three-month curve. But there is a, you know, at least a decade, if not longer, curve um, if we want to talk about curves as compared to how we talk now. You know, they talk about the flattening the curve and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, so I came out at the peak, you know, after – um, when they were just having, you know, AZT and, and mm-hmm. um, you know, they had, they had drugs that were, they, were, they were starting to treat people with. Um, but many, many people had already died by the time, you know, I, by the time I understood what was going on. And so I didn't, I didn't lose a lot of people. I lost some people, absolutely. But I didn't lose nearly as many people as, as um, other men who were even five years older than me. Right. You know, it was just, it was barely that much of a difference. And it was all, it was all like all safe sex, like hyper safe sex, you know? And even then, you know, you're just like, oh my God, oh my God. You know, I, 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 I've always used a condom. I used a condom for absolutely everything. And still you went to get tested and were terrified because mm. there weren't a lot of, there weren't the options that there are today. In a way, looking back, because I had just graduated from high school and was a freshman and then sophomore in college around the years that you're talking. And I remember it, I mean, because although AIDS wasn't considered a straight person's threat as much as it was to gay men, just the idea that a sexual act could be fatal was just so, um, I don't know if ironic's the word, but oxymoronic. You know, like fatal mm-hmm. sex, like sex, which is like the bringer of life, you know, yeah. that it could turn and be the bringer of death. I remember writing a whole essay about it in college. And then I remember ACT UP sort of being Absolutely. born. And mm-hmm. really, if we look at the like yin and yang of the AIDS epidemic, you're really seeing a tragedy that propelled the gay rights movement in a way that possibly nothing else could. Mhm. Yeah. It does give me unless uh, yeah. It does give me comfort that within my lifetime we saw AIDS come about, drugs for it come about. Now living with HIV is a thing that doesn't even necessarily stunt somebody's lifespan. Mhm. And and we also have and we also have a, a prophylactic um drugs available. Yes. You know. Yes. And and all the good things that have come out of that. I mean, believe me, the tragedy was epic, and I lost people to it as well. But, you know, I've always said there's so many things that we gird against in life, you know, death, disease, um, pain of almost any kind. And yet when we allow ourselves to actually be present with the pendulum swinging in that dreaded direction, there is often great beauty there and mm. it brings out the best in, in many, many people. I remember my mother's death, just thinking this is the worst time of my life and the best. It was incredibly beautiful and rich and profound and tender. And there was only love in it. 
So we'll mm-hmm. see. It'll be really interesting to see what comes out of this, you know, economically, socially. I mean. Oh, my gosh. It's, it, it's all completely uncharted territory. It may be a very good thing. It may bring the world together in a way mm-hmm. that nothing else could. We shall see. Now, I'm not suggesting that 10 years afterwards the world won't be back in its ego-based bullshit again. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has the potential to do that, I think. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. That's the thing. That's that's the big scary part is that it's really unknown. Yeah, that's we're all facing unknown. big unknown. Yeah, yeah, it really is. But no excuse not to cultivate gratitude. No, I think that's what gets you through the day. I mean, I should say that's what gets me through the day. Um, so, so let's do the list. I'll start. Okay. Oh, my friend who I'm staying with right now. Nice. All the free exercise stuff on YouTube. Mm. I did a dance class today on YouTube because you because you talked about the one you're doing. I didn't do it through yours. I just found a YouTube video and it was awesome. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. The house where I'm at is very like indoor outdoor, and there's a place in the backyard to just sit and recline under these trees. And I was there today, and it was like, oh, there's a pandemic. You know, I was completely not in this scary reality for a while because mm-hmm. I was out in nature, and like nature doesn't give a shit. So I'm really grateful for that. I mean, nature is part of this, you know what I'm saying, but like the lemon tree in the Mm -hmm. yard was not affected by any of this. And I love that. It was great. I'm grateful for my apartment, which I love being in for many of the same reasons you just described. I'm really grateful for it and was even more grateful today when I realized that my rent increase was not going to happen because of what was going on. <laughs> yes. That the feds passed a $2 trillion thing. I'm really grateful for that. I'm just grateful that that was the response to this. I'm grateful for Zoom right now. Uh, I had a fantastic like Sunday brunch quote unquote with my friends in New York and some people Mm. in the Bahamas and for like two hours. And it was, it was really great to connect and see people's faces and hear their voices at the same time. Some of the people that I love the most in the world. I'm, I'm so grateful for that technology. And Mm. so, yeah. I'm really grateful that my aunt and her husband are okay. And uh, you know, that even though they're floating around waiting for a port, uh, that they are healthy. I'm grateful for my career as a narrator and what it allows me to learn and keep learning and keep exploring as a creative person. Mm. Um, I'm grateful for my sister and her kids. I FaceTimed with them today, and the seven-year-old, like, in the middle of the phone call, just started going, like, ah, 
<laughs> sort of screaming just to like get attention and she completely hijacked all of our attention. It was hysterical. I really am grateful for those kids. I'm grateful that I have a yoga mat that has been sitting in my closet unused for two years that I finally was able to roll out and I'm using it and I'm glad it was there. Nice. I'm grateful for my nephew, Noah. He's turning 12 on Thursday. 12 in lockdown. Um, and we're going to try and figure out how have like a Zoom birthday party for him. Mm. I'm grateful that I have a hybrid car that I can plug in and I sort of don't have to deal with going to the gas station if I don't want to. Mm. Nice. Yeah, I'm grateful for Los Angeles, especially as there's fewer cars and the nature's kind of, you know, creeping back and the air is better and there's no traffic. I'm grateful for my ukulele, my ukulele, sorry, um, which is helping me de-stress. I'm grateful for the show Ozark with Laura Linney and Jason Bateman because it's just so good. And Jason Bateman, it's a great show to watch right now because, like, he's as stressed out as we are, you know, it's a, stress, <laughs> it's a stressful show. On the show? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Cause it's, he's dealing with like the Mexican drug cartels and shit. It's really good. <laughs> Great show. I'm grateful for the shower gel that I have called body Doc, which I buy whenever I'm home in the Bahamas. Cause it just, mm. it just reminds me of comfortable things. Yeah, I'm grateful for these towels that my sister bought me. Completely impromptu last year. She just had this generous moment and sent me all this bath stuff. And it was this towel is so thick and heavy. It's like a five pound towel. Just awesome. I used it today. It's a great towel. I'm grateful for the DJs that are making mixes and throwing them up online so people can have dance parties, like oh. home dance parties. It's this thing that's happening and it's just make, reminding me that I love to dance and I don't want to forget that and my love of music. And so I'm grateful for all the people that are doing that, especially now. I'm really grateful for my sisters. I have three sisters and they're all really different, but very strong, each one of them. And uh Yeah. I'm just insanely grateful that I have such neat sisters. It's one of my aunt's um, birthday today. So I'm I'm grateful for her beginning another trip around the sun and that, um, you know, she's surviving this with um, a close family that love her. I'm grateful for the people on the front lines. I think, I mean, you and I are terrified, but I can only imagine working in a hospital right now and I couldn't do it. You know, like I'm a, those are heroes. Yeah. Amen. Um, hmm. Well, I'm, I'm grateful for you inviting me to do this and just for you and my life. I love you. And mm-hmm. as I was thinking I mean, that popped into my head, but also this experience, I am so much calmer and I don't even know how far we're into it, but I can feel myself loosening up and letting go. And wow, what a gift. So thank you. Amen. 
Yeah, I'm really grateful for the list. I was listening to one of these podcasts to edit it this afternoon, and I was stunned at how just listening to me and somebody else go over our list, I felt like I had a lobotomy or something. Like it completely just pulled my my previous brain state out of my head and opened my chest, and I fell into like the deepest, most lovely nap. Um, so yeah, I'm really grateful for this list or the list in general. I'm grateful for this painting that I have in my living room that was painted by my best friend, Patrick. I'm grateful for brown rice. And I will say, you know, brown rice for what it does for you should be like $1,500 a pound. (laughs) Just like your toothbrush should probably cost $1,000 given what it does for you. Mm -hmm. And brown rice, really insanely grateful for like simple food that delivers huge benefits. Mm. I'm grateful for the moments of silence and presence that I've had more of um, lately because I've looked for them, but also because they're they're happening because people are self-isolating mm-hmm. and I'm I I'm not happy um because of the reason. Um but I'm grateful for that silver lining. Miso soup. <laughs> That's great. Um <laughs> Popcorn. Mm. Movies. I love me some popcorn. Movies? Yeah. Is that yours? Movies. Okay. Westworld. I'm really digging it. Um, The sweater that I'm wearing lately, I'll tell you why. Because I'm having hot flashes in the last year and a half. And this sweater is the perfect sweater for during a hot flash, you just like bring it down your shoulders. So your shoulders get exposed and you cool off a little. And then when the hot flash is over, you're kind of cold. And then you put the sweater back on again. It's like a big cardigan. And I just love it. It reminds me of sort of like 1970s East Village poetry publisher sweater. Nice. Um, My old beat up pair of Vans, um, which uh, have become my, 24-hour, anytime I go outdoor shoes for this period of time. I'm glad I hadn't tossed them yet, and they serve, they're serving a great purpose right now. I'm really grateful that I'm not one of those women who spends like an hour and a half like bathing, shaving, uh, primping just to leave the house. I'm really grateful that I'm not one of those women. <laughs> such a it's a lot of work i'm too way too lazy i'm grateful for these led lights that i bought like four months ago that i hemmed and hawed about buying because i was thinking about you know um teaching some stuff online and i wasn't sure i should bite the bullet and buy them but with what's going on currently boy have they come in handy and they're really um they're really paying for themselves 
that was just serendipitous. So grateful for that. Cool. My bad. Friends who I'm grateful for the the friends who I haven't talked to for a while or who I only talk to sporadically who've reached out during this period to check in with me. Yeah, I remember the first day that shit got real. Like three people in Maine reached out to me in one day. And I was like, wow, I'm on their minds. And just as they are often on minds um, with a whole country between us, you know, and that was lovely. So that's not mine. Mine is the Dyson fan that I bought last year. It's one of those weird space age fans that doesn't really have any blades and it's just cool. It's just fucking badass. Mm. My Amazon Echo Dot, a little speaker thing. I guess not the device so much, but I have this thing that um, it's called Island Sounds and it's like sounds of like the surf and birds and sort of crickets at night all sort of combined. Like there's maybe sleeping on the seashore. And it really makes a difference in my sleep pattern, and I'm grateful mm. for that. Mm. Rachel Maddow, love her. Oh, my mm. God. She's my big lesbian crush. Oh. <laughs> love her. Used to listen so, to her on Air America. Wow. That is. Yeah. That is. Yeah. Wow. You are a fan. I am. I'm going to piggyback and say Trevor Noah. Mm. John Stewart. Mm. Mm. Uh, the soaps, the handmade soaps that my friend Suzanne Freeman um, makes and gives whenever she hosts a party, they're nice. And I have a couple of them around in them. And I'm actually using them now because of what's going on. I'm not just having to sort of sit in a drawer. Yeah. Okay, this is our last one. Oh, Okay. It doesn't have to be big or important or anything. It just has to be the next thing in my brain. You, thank you for doing this and for being a really good friend who I always can, uh, you know, relax into a conversation with you and take our time and have space for one another. I really appreciate mm-hmm. that. I really feel like received by you. And that is very precious. Thank you. Thank you. I I feel the same way, but I can't use that for my last. No, you can't. <laughs> um, I have, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I have like a, a wall where I have a bunch of pictures ripped out from magazines and inspiration or whatever. And most of them are places all over, uh, are places around the world. And it just reminds me that there are beautiful places all over the world that exist um, and that are still beautiful and that I still want to see. And I like that reminder. I'm grateful for those. Love that. Love that. So how do you feel? I feel like I have breath in my body again. Mm-hmm. And my chest feels less constricted. My breaths are longer. How's that? That's for a start. That's really good. I was going to say that's that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean it is noticeable. Mhm. Mhm. Such yeah, an easy shift noticeable. too. It's like yeah. oh, 
just do this thing. 